ready to sing? It's pretty simple. See, there's a miracle in this room with my name on. Isn't that a good line? There's a healing in this room and it's here for me. There's a breakthrough in this room with my name on. So I'm gonna put a praise on it.
Praise is a noun. <laughs> and a verb. And an adjective. I love praise. Praise says to my humility, you better, to my pride, you better bow down. <laughs> praise says to my ego, you gotta learn who cares. they didn't even know that song. How good are they? You guys are like, we can tell. No, no. Hey, so, um, look, let me just read you something. This is what Isaiah 43 says. And it's verse 19, and I'm reading from the message version. It says, this is what God says. The God who builds a road right through the ocean. This is the God we're talking about. The God who carves a path through the pounding waves. The God who summons horses and chariots and armies. They lie down and then they can't get up. They're snuffed out like so many candles. This is what God says. That God. The God of miracles. The God who's able to command your enemies to bow down and lie down and never get up again. This is what God says. Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. Be alert. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. There it is. There it is. I'm making a road through the desert, rivers in the bad lands. God says he is doing a new thing. And he says to us, forget about what has happened before, the bad things and even the good things. Why? Why would God say that? Because sometimes the enemy of walking into something new is the old. And we hold on to an old frame of reference and, there, and we don't know how to accept something new. So we look at something new and we say, you know what, it's strange, it's unusual, it's unfamiliar, I don't think I like it. But God says you gotta forget about it because he's doing something new. You ain't never seen it before. Your mind can't contain it. Your spirit won't have known about it, but he's doing something new. And so we don't, you currently don't have a reference point for it. And so he says, there's something new that he is doing. He says, see, I've already begun. Do you not see it? You know, there was this one time in the Bible, God did something new. Like several times. All the time. 
And one particular place that I just want to just like open up tonight is a, is a place in, in Acts where God moves and it's something new. And the people have no frame of reference. And God, the Spirit of God is moving. And there are onlookers. Some of them would even say they are God followers. And they were looking at the new move of God and they were saying, oh, those people look stupid. Those people, they look like they're drunk. Those people look like idiots. But it was a new move of God. This is how crazy it was. So there were like 50 people. And then God moved. And then someone preached a word, and then there were 3,000 people. I mean, it's not a bad day's work for a Sunday, you know? (laughs) There were 50 people praying and saying, God, would you do something new? And the Spirit of God moves. God, we're waiting on you. We're waiting on you like we sang tonight. We're waiting on you with hands lifted high. Would you do something new? And he moves. And he does something radical. And that day, 3,000 people were added to the church. It's pretty awesome. So there are all these believers hanging out. And uh, let's see in Acts chapter 4 and verse 32. Check this out, church, because it's pretty phenomenal. All the believers were united in heart and mind. I don't don't know about you, but it's quite a miracle. They were united in heart and mind, right? So their hearts were united. Oh man, we love this. But their minds were united. It's a really good idea to go to shout. Right now you know how difficult it is. (laughs) And all the believers were united in heart and mind. Massive miracle. And they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything. So like another great miracle. (laughs) They felt like what they owned, they didn't own it. So they just shared everything. I I mean, some of us are just like super precious that we don't, we kind of, we're like, that's of, that's of the enemy. Right? Immediately. No. I earned it. Right? Why should I give it? I earned it. Cool. Okay. Verse 33. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was upon them all. How, how, who would like God's great blessing to be upon you? Yeah, come on. Look, if you don't even know what that is, just put your hand up because you want that. You want that. You want God's great blessing on you. Okay, there were, whew, there were no needy people among them because those who own land or houses would sell them. Imagine if you bought a house in Auckland and then there was a move of God and you're like, look, there's someone who's needy. I will sell my house and I will give. That's a miracle offering. (laughs) Because they owned land or houses, they would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. So they gave and 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 they gave until there was no need. 
Do you know, it's really easy for everyone in this room to be without need. It just requires everyone in this room to give and give and give and give and give until there is no need. So who knows there's a new move of God going on, right? And then there's this dude that's mentioned. While this new move of God is going on, there was Joseph, the one the apostles nicknamed Barnabas. Yeah, like the apostles just handing out nicknames that day. (laughs) So the apostles nicknamed this guy Joseph Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He was from the tribe of Levi, Levi and came from the island of Cyprus. So there was this guy, his name was Joseph, and they called him the son of encouragement, Barnabas. So they looked at this guy and they thought, you know what? If encouragement had a son, it would be you. Like if encouragement had a baby on earth that manifested itself, That would be you. You are the son of encouragement. You know, and I know it's not as sexy as, you know, like Gideon, mighty warrior. Right? Son of encouragement. I mean, it's not the best nickname. You know, I kind of read that and I'm like, why on earth would that be included in the Bible? His nickname, Barnabas. So this is good. that's like his, his tag name, you know. Hi, I'm Joseph. People call me Barnabas. I'm the son of encouragement. And so here, what, what does it mean to be the son of encouragement? Well, we know encourage is made up of two words, E-N, N, and courage. Right? Good. Courage is the quality of mind or spirit that enables a person to face difficulty. And in means to put in or to make. So there was this dude, his name was Joseph, and he was so good at what he did. What did he do? He was the son of encouragement. He was someone who would walk around and to people around him, he would say, I'm going to put in you the quality of mind to face difficulty. I'm going to put in you the quality of spirit and the strength of character that you can face whatever you need to face. I'm going to put in you the ability to put a praise on it. When the enemy says no, I'm going to teach you how to put a praise on it, how to say don't give up. He's someone that if you were to hang out with him, you would walk away from him thinking, I can do it. I'm going to make it. You know what? I know this house means a lot to me, but I know God is my provider. So I'm okay to let go of it. I'm okay to sell it. I'm okay to give it. I'm okay to give and give and give and give because I know that God is my source. I can do crazy things. I can take a risk. I can do faith things because I'll be hanging out with this guy. His name is Barnabas. You know what? I think we need to release a spirit of encouragement. You know? I think we do. Because too many times we're just waiting for someone to encourage us, right? Someone please encourage me. Someone please tell me I look good. 
what? How about you do the job of encouraging? I think we need to release the spirit of encouragement. So we're going to do a wee class activity. Dabby, Dabby, where are you? Dabby, get on the keys quickly, because we just want to try and make this less awkward. Run. Faster. Look at him. Okay, cool. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to release the spirit of encouragement here. Yeah? Here's how we're going to do it. Everyone stand to your feet. That's right. Stand to your feet. Welcome to church. You thought you came in here for a religious activity. That's not what we do. What we do here is relationship. And tonight we're going to release a spirit of encouragement. Because as Christians, we just need to get better with the encouragement. So what I want you to do is find two people. Say two. Not one and a half. Not one, not zero, but two people. And I just want you to take 30 seconds. And right now, you just walk up to one person and I want you to encourage them. Do it now. Do it to two people. Go now. Darby, play something. Yeah. I'm going to interrupt some conversations right now. Okay, everyone. Well done. Finish off those sentences. Can I just share with you, church? Do you know what I saw in this room? I saw smiling faces. I saw joy. I saw, this is a little bit awkward. But when I saw people do it, I saw joy. Come on, we need to release the spirit of encouragement. We need to say to people in our church, come on, you can do it. Come on, God is in you. And here's why I say it. It's the same thing. It's the parable of the seed and the sowing and it's the kingdom principle. If you want to be encouraged, you gotta sow encouragement. We cannot, we cannot be complaining that we haven't yielded fruit in our life of seed that we never sowed. So I'm doing you a favor if you're feeling discouraged. I'm showing you how by faith you can prophetically Because you're sowing 
reading the New Testament. There are some pretty big, oh, hi, Isaiah. That's my mate, Isaiah. Yeah. <laughs> when you read through the New Testament, often you will see in the New Testament, there's a, you know, there's a pretty, pretty prominent character in the New Testament. His name is... I'm sorry, I'll never do that again. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, Jesus, that's got to be the right answer. Yes, that is the right answer. But the other person I was talking about was Paul. Hey! <laughs> so when we read the New Testament, we see all the way through the New Testament, this guy, Paul, and he's incredible. He's amazing. He wrote all of these letters. He's a superstar. He, he started off, his name was Saul, and he was killing Christians, right? And then he had an encounter with God, and there was an incredible turnaround in his life, and he began to be one of the prominent people in the new move of God. But as I read the Bible, as I've been reading the New Testament, as I've been reading Acts, I see that there wouldn't be a Paul if not for a Barnabas. There wouldn't be a Paul who wrote all those letters to encourage you today if not for the son of encouragement, Barnabas. This dude, Barnabas, was incredible. I know this because I Google searched him. We're gonna go now to Acts chapter nine. And we see in the scripture, Paul, he's in Jerusalem and he's had this incredible turnaround and he's trying to say to the believers in Jerusalem, man, God's done a change in my life, but all the believers, they've heard about this Christian killer and they're afraid and it's the new move of God and this is unfamiliar. And who steps in the scene? Barnabas. It's Barnabas who rocks up. It's Barnabas in verse 26. When Saul arrived in Jerusalem, he tried to meet with the believers, but they were all afraid of him. They did not believe he had truly become a believer. Then Barnabas, then Barnabas, then Barnabas, then Barnabas brought him to the apostles and told them how Saul had seen the Lord on the way to Damascus and how the Lord had spoken to Saul. And he told them that Saul had preached boldly in the name of Jesus in Damascus. You gotta understand what's happening here, church. Saul, Paul, he turns up on the scene and everyone's afraid of him. But Barnabas, the son of encouragement, he says there's something about this dude. And I'm not gonna let my fear get in the way. I'm not gonna let my preference get in the way. There's something that's going on. I'm not gonna let my culture get in the way. I'm not gonna let my tradition get in the way. I don't know what's going on, but I'm gonna go talk to this dude. So he goes and he talks to Saul and he says, Saul, what happened? You gotta understand in seeing Saul, he was quite clearly risking his life. Because if it wasn't true, Saul would have killed him. When was the last time your encouragement involved any kind of risking in your life? Like we think encouragement is like a soft thing. But this kind of encouragement, it meant that he risked his life 
The son of encouragement risked his life to say, I hear the call of God. I hear the move of God. I hear the sound of God and I'm gonna stick around and I'm gonna open some doors for you. I'm gonna open, when's the last time you opened some doors for someone? Not like literally. (laughs) Do you know, I remember the first time in ministry, someone opened the door for me. It was, uh, you, you may or may not know him as Pastor Jordan in Wellington. Yeah. You know, you've got some Wellington fans. Or some Pastor Jordan fans, or both. And I, I remember I was standing in Invercargill randomly, um, and Jordan was there, and Jordan said, oh, Esther, there's a youth camp going on, and I can't make it, but I told them that they should call you and you should do it. And I was like, That was the same Jordan that said to me one day, Esther, you know what? I think you preach better than you sing. (laughs) You should probably concentrate on talking more. That's what he said. That was opening doors for me. He was risking his life saying that. Sometimes as Christians, we suck at encouragement, right? Our encouragement's like, you're awesome. You're awesome. Hashtag legend, right? Sometimes we don't even use words. We just use fire emoji, heart eyes. How about we risk some of our time and put some effort into the encouragement? You know, and I, I'm guilty of that. I've walked past Pastor Sam and I've said, man, Pastor Sam, that's an amazing word, and walked off. Good one, Esther. <laughs> you know, what would be a great encouragement is to walk past Pastor Sam, and I'm not doing this because he's asked me to, obviously, but it would be a great thing to walk past anyone. I'm also not doing this for myself. <laughs> but to say, you know what? That was awesome because this is what it did in my life. You know, when we did that encouragement exercise, Darby said to me, as David, sorry, said to me, he said, you look good. And I was like, you know, I know, Darby, come on. (laughs) But I said to Darby, Darby, I love the way that you play the keyboard. Because it makes me feel confident that I can go anywhere. I can preach anything. I know you'll be following behind me. I know you're here in the spirit of God. And I know you're playing the melody of heaven. See, that's an encouragement. That's what we need to get good at. That's what we need to get good at. That's how we release the spirit of encouragement. That's how we, if we are discouraged, that's how we sow seeds of discouragement. We need to be like Barnabas, because you don't know the person next to you might be Saul. Sorry, you might not be the main character, but you may be pivotal in releasing them. You might not be Paul. even halfway through. Here's what I want to say. 
In, in Acts and chapter 11, we're moving on. Encouragement is unselfish, but if you're taking note, encouragement sees, encouragement sees, encouragement sees. The transliteration of the word Barnabas, the meaning of it is to encourage, son of encouragement, but the transliteration is a prophet. To see, to see beyond, to see beyond someone's ugly to see beyond what someone did to you, to see beyond the debt, to see beyond. He saw Acts chapter 11 and verse 20, it was going crazy. Some of the believers went to Antioch. Uh, Verse 21, the power of the Lord was with them and a large number of Gentiles believed and were turning to God. A large number of people who the gospel had not previously been preached to because they were not allowed. They were now being preached to by people who had had God move in their life miraculously and they had scattered to a place called Antioch and they said, I gotta do something with what's in me. So they turned to their neighbor who was a Gentile and said, I'll preach to you. And they began to share the gospel and people, Gentiles start getting saved. And then there were all the other apostles. And who did they send to check out the move of God? Not a leader, not a preacher, not a pastor. Who did they send? They sent the son of encouragement. They sent Barnabas. Barnabas, you check it out because you can see. Barnabas, you check it out because you can hear how God is moving and you can call it out and you don't write things off, but you can see. So they sent Barnabas. When he arrived, verse 23, he saw the evidence. He saw, he saw, he saw the evidence of God's blessing. He was filled with joy and he encouraged believers to stay true to the Lord. So encouragement, what it does is it sees. A couple of weeks ago, I know we've talked about it lots in church, but a couple of weeks ago, we were in the vector and there were a whole lot of people that weekend that got saved like hundreds and that's not like you know charismatic speakers permission to exaggerate numbers (laughs) literally hundreds of people got saved and I stood there and I was like there was a wow in my spirit but you know just as easy there could have been oh that's just an emotional response to the atmosphere because it's the victory arena That's an emotional response to the video that was watched. Or we can be like Barnabas and we can say, there's something new going on. I'm not gonna write it off, but I'm gonna see. Do you know there's a miracle in this room, but you gotta see it. You gotta see past the limitations. You gotta see past your past. You gotta see past the pride. What do you need to see? You need to see Jesus. You need to hear heaven saying, there's a miracle here. It's got your name on it. And you have permission. You've permission tonight to go and get it. You've got permission. I'm gonna just finish quickly. See, because Barnabas, let's forget the notes. Barnabas here. Do you know, at the very beginning, when the move of God first happened, they picked incredible men called the apostles to lead everyone. And Barnabas was not one of them. Did he care? 
It wasn't for a long time and he was then appointed an apostle. But until then, he kept encouraging. Do you know what else he did at that church in Antioch? He realized, oh my gosh, there's so much going on here. The church is exploding. I literally do not have the skills to do it. So he walked 250 kilometers. He walked 250 kilometers to find who? To find who? Paul. To find Paul, not, not, not Jesus. <laughs> oh, read your Bible. <laughs> to find Paul. He walked 250 kilometers to find the person who he knew had the call of God on him to come and take over. You see, you see, here's what commentaries say. Commentaries say when Barnabas went and got Paul and brought him back to Antioch and Paul and Barnabas stayed there and they led the church together, but it was Paul. They said in that place, that's where most of Paul's theology was formed. That's what Barnabas did. Barnabas said, I know the perfect person for this and I'm cool to get out the way. I'm cool to get out the way. I'm so happy for my whole life to be about releasing someone else's life. I'm so happy for my whole life to be about releasing someone else. Do you know what that'll do? That'll cause you to invite someone to church. <laughs> I'm so happy. Because although I'm a great small group leader, I know that these seven in my group, they are way better than me. And I'm gonna spend my life putting courage in them, putting courage in them, putting courage in them, saying you can do it. Come on, that's my job. In no way, shape or form am I here to be the star. My name is Esther. But man, God's been telling me leading up to shout, that's your job, Esther. Your job is to find someone that is discouraged and encourage them. Put the quality of mind in them that they can do it. Stand to your feet. I pray tonight in Jesus' name as those of you who have been discouraged by life, this message is not to say you need to do more, but this message is to help you understand there is a kingdom way that is so far from our human thinking. There is a kingdom way to allow the encouragement of the divine to come in you, and that is to sow encouragement. But if you're not there yet, that's okay. That's what church is for. You haven't got enough faith for that? That's all right. You came into a room and there's a combined and corporate faith here, and we're gonna pray for you. So right now, close your eyes. If you're in this room and you are someone where courage has been taken from you, where there is fear or there is anxiety or you are scared, you are paralyzed, you wanna do great things, you believe that your life was meant for more, but courage has left you. What I wanna do now is I wanna pray for you. But before I do, I'm gonna get Pastor Sam actually to come pray for you. There's an important confession of your lips and we're gonna sing it tonight, it's simply this. I want to let you in. I wanna let you in, Jesus. That's the first place if you've been discouraged, is to open up your heart. Why don't you close your eyes and bow your heads this, uh, this evening, if that's you, would you just lift your hands tonight and say, I need courage, I need courage. And we're gonna sing. 